You can indict him a hundred times. I don't care. I'll vote for him in prison. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Little here with my friend Alfonso Rachel. And for my next trick, I'm going to find a way to tie the two big news items uh, of the week as we record this. That would be the second indictment of Donald Trump and the Canadian wildfires that are uh, spreading all across Quebec and are causing people in New York to have to wear masks. And it's just unbelievable catastrophe. Uh, so here's what I think these two things have in common. Um Aside from being uh, repressive, weaponized against the people, unbelievably expensive, and all the other negatives about the federal government, the one thing that the federal government doesn't do is govern. And the Canadian government doesn't govern either. Government is management, right? It's not repression. It's not orders. It's not, it's not mandates. It's not any of that stuff. It's simply management. And Trudeau, because of his... Um, uh, you know, being welded to the green movement was unwilling or, or, or unable or both to take the kind of precautions necessary to cull some of these dried forests before they turned into this kind of catastrophe. We have the same thing in California pretty much every year or every other year where the whole entire, you know, counties of, of California burn down because the government can't govern. While it's raining here, you lived here for many years, while it's raining here, they could go ahead and start clearing out some of this brush. They could put fire breaks in, but they don't do it. They don't govern. The government doesn't govern. They just take everything, push out authority, push out control, and the taxpayer gets nothing in return. Now, how does that affect Donald Trump being um, indicted a second time? Well, the the apparently the conditions of this second indictment are even weaker than the first one, which was weak to begin with, and which we haven't heard a thing of since then. By the way, I'm convinced that they're doing that. The people who are who are currently ungoverning the country will do anything they can to stop this guy. And I don't think it's because Trump is an excellent governor. I don't think Trump is is exactly a, a manager, but I think that they all realize. All of them realize that if he gets reelected, then it is the end of these people who who have power, money, authority, no conscience, no competence, and are not doing their jobs. I think the thing they're most afraid of is that Donald Trump's going to come in there finally the second time, realize how big the problem was the first time, clear this whole mess out, and maybe have the government start actually governing instead of taking people's money and telling them what to do. Ah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's what I would hope for. Um, in terms of of governing, um, there's you know one's interpretation of what it is to govern. I mean, even these, uh, the, I mean, governing can still be um, management, even if it's mismanagement. It could be bad management. It could be management that's not in the favor of you know the people that is supposed to be management, but a a way of managing. Um, the livelihood of the ones of, of the oligarchy really is what is, is what it's coming down to. It's like this. This is the small group of people who is going to be telling everybody what to do. And it's going to work out great for them. <clears throat> and they're basically managing their own success at the expense of other people. Uh, and then you have the suckers out there who think that this is good management. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are um, who are getting frustrated and are are seeming to wake up to the problem. But the thing is, 
they're not really waking up to what the problem is. They're waking up only to these people have failed to do the things that we expected them to do. And we want the things that we want done is that we want the rich to pay their fair share. And we want and we want entitlements and we want this and we want that. And uh, we want security and we and, and these things that they want. Um, these people are making it too painful for them to happen and they feel uh, disenchanted and disillusioned with these people. So they want other people to do it. So it's not, I don't really see that people's minds are being changed. They're just disappointed with the people who are in the position to manage it at this point and they want other management. I would add not only disappointed, but disgusted, disgruntled, you know, dismayed uh, Democrats. Yeah. Um, the, um, when Natasha uh, came to America from Russia, and I'm not a fan of the Russian government by any means, but what she said was in, in Russia, they tax you at about 25%. Here, they're taxing me at almost 50%. And in Russia, for your 25%, you get, look, there's no such thing as free schools or free healthcare, but your tax money in Russia means that you get no additional pay access to healthcare, colleges, parks, programs, the metro works, all of these things are, are, are in place in this, in this kind of kleptocracy that they have over there. And, and, and when she asked me what we're getting here for the 45, 50% of taxation money that I'm paying, combined state and, and, and federal, I, I didn't have an answer. The roads in LA are worse than the roads in Mogadishu. I, Natasha's been to uh, to um, Istanbul. She's been to Cairo, and those roads are far better than the roads in Los Angeles County, the richest state and the richest union, uh, richest nation in the country. Although we have to be careful about that because any form of um, of accounting always takes a look at your assets and your liabilities. And if you want to look at just the assets, America's the richest country in the world, and California is the richest state. But if you look at assets and liabilities, United States is the poorest country in the world. We're, we're, we're $33 trillion in the hole. Um, so you get something for your money, at least over there. And I think that the, the threat of th that they are going to try to do anything they can to stop Donald Trump from coming to office, because not because he's going to start governing. I just don't think he's built that way. But I do think he will remove them from these positions where they have, like I said, power, money, um, prestige. And don't do anything at all except make things worse for people. I, I just think that that this kind of – Trump reminds me in some ways of Elon Musk, you know, where where they had um, – uh, where Daily Wire had posted um, what is a woman on Twitter and Twitter banned it. And when Musk found out they banned it, he fired everybody who was involved. He just fired them all. And this is the kind of thing that, that – I think they fear. And it's certainly the kind of thing that makes me want to support Donald Trump, because the more the government tries to uh, remove him from the equation, the more of a supporter I become. Yeah, that, that's one of my go to things, man. It's like I, I'm looking at who the liberals hate the most. Right. And, 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 and fear. Trump, yeah. And fear. And the thing the problem with fear, though, is that, you know, uh, fear invokes a very uh, irrational response from people. It when does. people fear something, they either want to kill it or control it. So, you know, that's that's one thing that we have about the government as it is, is if they're fearing the people, then, of course, the natural response is for the government to either try to destroy us or control us. 
Um, more so to controls because, you know, it doesn't make much sense for us to be dead if they want to have power. They need somebody to, to feed off for, for yeah, power. We're the host organism. We're not a Thank citizenry. You. We're not a population. We're a host organism. Yes. You know, and, and that's and they, and they need us for that. Um, the thing I, my, my concerns about Trump is, is, as I've said before, I don't really think Trump really understands who the domestic enemy is. I don't really. And, and for what's going on right now and for what they're chasing him around with, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence that it's like, look, man, are, are you really ready to handle who the domestic enemy is? I know a lot of people, they're attracted to the idea of Donald Trump, you know, running the government like a business. And, and folks need to understand the, the objective of a business is to grow, right? <laughs> so if you're going to run government like a business, well, government's going to grow. And it has, haven't it? But, but Donald Trump is going to do a lot of cutting. Well, when a business does cutting, they do the purpose of cutting to grow their business. It's, it's good. Or at least to stay alive so they can grow their business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you're going to prune, you're going to do some cutting on your tree and stuff like that. So your tree will be more fortified. So it will grow and bear more fruit. Right. So but like you said, the, I think the operative word here is management. Government is, is not the, the, uh, the, the business of a government is not to be a business. The, giver, the, the business of a government is to govern and manage certain things. It, it's, it's management, I guess, is the, the big thing is security. It is supposed to make sure that these security levels are in place to maintain our God-given rights so we can go ahead and pursue our happiness you know, without, of course, making intrusions or, or illegal intrusions on yep. other people and stuff like that. That's, that's what we're supposed to be able to do. Um, so, you know, with I'm with with Trump, I'm my 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 hope isn't so much in. Let me put it like, sorry, Bill. Let me put it like this. No, no, good. It isn't about Trump getting in office. Honestly, man, that's not going to do anything. Matter of fact, the country's going to go crazier, and I don't think Trump will be able to manage that. That's not the key. The key, as we've been long saying, is is cultural. Unless, see, we're trying to promote Donald Trump as if the country's going to have this big turnaround when Donald Trump is going to get elected. It ain't. The answer is not in a politician. It is not in who's going to be president or, or your or your governor or anything like that. The answer is in the ability to effectively promote conservatism, not a freaking candidate. Until we do that and lay the groundwork and do the prerequisite of making conservatism itself by our own means and having a basis for it, not our own self-righteousness or some classical writings of what conservatism is, an eternal and fixed foundation of what conservatism is and be able to relate that to the culture and have that stability, your political representation will have nothing to stand on. It will be built on sand. It will always collapse. And that includes Donald Trump until ultimately the freaking republic. Well, needless to say, that's been my message since I've been doing this, this whole, you know, you've got to, you've got to win the pop culture. You can't walk away from the pop culture. But I'll tell you what I've, what I've realized certainly since 2020, the reason that I'm going to, I'm, I'm not even disagreeing with you. Your point is 100% I should valid. say the blessed Republican. It's, it's, I don't mean to curse our Republic. Sorry no, no. Your, 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 your point is 100% valid. I'm not trying to negate it at all. But what I'm, what I'm seeing now is we just take, just take us, the two of, we, we two as individuals, right? We had much greater reach and we were, had great reach because we were making a message that people wanted to hear. And then we both got censored by the tech companies and shadow banned and shut, you know, just, just not shut off, just, just turned down to, you know, below survival minimums. Right. And 
And so it's it's virtually impossible to change the culture if you can't get the message out there. And if you can't get the message out there because of these tech oligarchies, I think that I, w- I used to say the mainstream media, but I don't even consider them to be a factor anymore. I just the mainstream media is over. I, I, people standing at a desk going, "A uh, big fire occurred down in uh, downtown uh, uh, Downey today," and then he finishes the sentence. P- you know, police are on the. I'm, I'm, I don't need that. I just want to see. I just want to see the, the the video. But the reason I think that this thing is important is because Donald Trump or whoever is elected a. Generic conservative, genuine conservative candidate gets elected, right? It's not a question of putting all your hopes on that person and thinking they're going to fix it. My main concern is, is there somebody who has the legal authority to basically free up the channels of communication? Because we can't do this cultural work with with these channels choked off. And the fact that we're still at more or less 50-50 is a really saying something. I don't want to, again, I don't want to take away anything from what you said about Republicans or conservatives' inability to, to make the sale or, or, or to have a slogan. It just it's, it's inconceivable to me, it has been from the beginning, how you don't sell freedom. I just don't, I just don't know how you can be that incompetent. But we're not at, we're at the point now where, where, where something, some kind of legal authority needs to be in place. Now, to be fair, that could also be the Congress. And in 2022, in 2022, a lot of Republicans just didn't show up. So, okay. So now the Senate is tied, and now um, we, uh, the House. Sorry, we we had some gains at the House, not what we wanted. We looked like we could take a, a, a clear majority in the Senate. Didn't get that either. And so this whole thing just kind of is is circular in a way, right? People kind of depend. Trump supporters, and I'm one of them, think that Donald Trump's going to go in there and smash the deep state and that everything's going to be okay. I just want I just want the deep state's control of information smashed. If if he can legally do that, if he if he if 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 Republicans can break up this monopoly on the flow of information, then I think we can carry the ball the rest of the way. We just need him to put a hole in the line, right? We're, we, we can run the football. We can take it all the way down to the end of the field. We just need a little blocking here and there. We just need somebody to 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 take out that, that linebacker, right, which is this gigantic big tech thing that controls everybody's information. And when you look at the population that support Joe Biden, you realize that population has never seen most of the videos that you and I have seen of Joe Biden. They've never seen, never. They've never seen him sniffing the hair of kids. They've never seen him, you know, do the, the whole falling thing. They've never seen a montage of him trying to finish sentences. They just don't, it just doesn't get out there. And so to me, this has been now for many years, certainly since 2020 and probably before then, but certainly since 2020, this the only thing that can break up these tech companies is the legal intervention of a government and not the split hairs, but one of the best descriptions I've ever heard is that it's not that conservatives are against government. We're against a state, right? That's what we have now. We have a state. It's the, When you talk about a state, you're no longer talking about people who are elected by the people to do the people's business. Now you're talking about an entity that has that's completely separated from the people and it used to be there as a government to manage things. Now, as a state, it's completely cut off from the people that put it there. And all it does is try to control things. And I don't know of any other way to break up these tech companies. But if if Republicans don't get out there and vote, 
then there's no point in it. And to say that the system is so corrupt, there's no point in voting is to is to basically walk away from the, the entire fight, I think. Yeah, don't be don't don't be defeatist, folks. You know, it's like, uh, you know, we'll we'll still, you know, still get out there and vote. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the key words I'm picking up from you, brother, is 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 governments and legal. Right. Um, it, it, it depends on a person's de- uh, uh, right now. Right now, Democrats are are dominating the interpretation of what's legal. I mean, come on, they're coming after Trump with these indictments for what? Right. <laughs> for, for what? But see, they're the ones they're the ones pulling the strings on what's legal or not. And they're able to get away with it because they've got, you know, a voter block that is that is telling them that that they the, you got a voter block that it feels like they're entitled and they're entitled to justice and constantly made out to be victims and somebody's got to pay. Right. But and, that, and but that voter block is is fed and nourished by the information that they're being given and not yes, given. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the middle third of the country is also being influenced by what they're given and not given. And it's very hard to change people's minds if if you're being locked out of their um out of their computers, you know. Well, I hear you, but see, here's the thing. See, as conservatives, we're supposed to be the uh, and I'm not saying that we're not, but it's, we got it. We know it. We, we need to start to show it because here's the thing. How long have been conservatives have been saying the Second Amendment protects the first? Well, that Second Amendment didn't do a damn thing to protect the First Amendment. That's been taken away from us effectively, right? So these kinds of things are need to, needed to be, if, if we're going to be reasonable, obviously we can't really reason with the left, but we're going to have to be reasonable enough to realize some things about ourselves. And we, we talk about, you know, we pride, our, uh, uh, we have this pride in, in our founding documents, things like the Declaration of Independence, but somehow we have maintained a posture of dependence on these Democrats for everything that they're running, our social media, our, yep. our, whether it's terrestrial or, or whatever. We've been dependent on these things. You know, and, and the sad part of it is, is, is de- Democrats, the one thing that's really frustrating me, Bill, man, that's, that is, is how much gaslighting is happening that is, that is totally yeah messing with who Republicans and what Republicans are were supposed to stand for. They're being totally controlled more yep. and more by the Democrat Party. If you go on Twitter, you know what you'll see a lot of, Bill? I see a lot of this, a lot of it. You got these Republican voters. They're, they're, it's like the most sensational content on there is black people assaulting white people. That's like a favorite thing on Twitter, hmm. right? And then you'll have all this righteous indignation, you know, about look at these black people and what they're doing. Look what they're able to get away with. And if this was the other way around, we wouldn't have any of that kind of, you know, you, you would hear all about it. And my first response is, uh, excuse me, it was the other way around. Number one. Hey, number two, um, you know what? To these people who like to be sensationalized by watching black people go around attacking white people, as if to say, I mean, they're trying to make the white people out to be villain, but look at what these black people are doing, right, all the time. So my response to that is, one, I do not approve of it. I don't approve on, on, on just going out and being violent towards other people, not at all. However, however, it would be maybe something to consider. If we're talking about this cultural pushback because the ideas of what Democrats have, they're being pushed onto us and they're effectively using it. Here's my suggestion to push back. Instead of going around and looking for black people attacking white people, 
Um, here's the thing. All this stuff is happening in Democrat-run areas. Absolutely. That's where this stuff is happening. Um, you know, when, when you have these conservatives, the come and take it conservatives, and we need to take the country back conservatives and stuff like that, you know, beating their chest about what's going on. Um, so far, it doesn't look like you're going to do a damn thing. But you know who has, who, who is, who is taking these people to task and making these white Democrats pay? Black people. They're going out and the chickens have come home to roost. These people yeah, I get who, that sense too. You see what I'm saying? These people who have who have arrested the development of the black communities and and have made black people feel that that they've been uh, uh, disenfranchised and oppressed. This is all the stuff that these Democrat voters vote for. Yeah, so and now, it goes back to W. E. B. Du Bois in the early 1900s, very early. 1900s. Yes, that's how. They, yeah, that's how. 25 years of this now they got. Yes, that's how they're trying to to depict black people as that as we're violent and these sex and we're sex crazed maniacs, right? Well, these Democrats who wanted this stuff in their area and they wanted to make, keep black people as a money. I'm not saying that we should be happy about it, but it's one thing. It's like, look, man, um, you reap what you sow. You yep. get what you get. You wanted to keep black people in this state of arrested development. Well, now they're lashing back out against you. I'm not saying applaud black people for this, but instead of saying, look at these black people picking on innocent white people like they did with that um, with that uh, that one woman who, who had the bicycle. Right. Mm -hmm. Automatically, she was the innocent victim. Well, she's in Manhattan. I'm pretty sure she's stacked up with the vax. Nobody gonna, in Manhattan is innocent as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Chances are she's a Democrat. So she yep. should have been like, oh, you know what? You poor black person. Why don't yeah, here, you go have ahead the bike. and uh, have uh, the bike? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. use my privilege against you. Yeah. Yes. I'm not condoning violence. But I'm just saying, conservatives, before you go, maybe you might want to just say, hey, you know what? You reap what you sow, white people, you, you white supremacists, you white moral supremacists uh, and, and, and privilege and the ones who actually enacted systemic racism that is keeping black people in the space that they are. The chickens have come home to roost. Well, now it's time to have a talk with the chickens. And that's <laughs> apparently something that we're not doing. Uh, not, not apparently. That's clearly something we're not doing. So to wrap this up last night on the Stratosphere Lounge uh, we were talking about this, and and I brought up the fact that in 2012, I was at a fundraiser for Mitt Romney uh, in California, and it was pretty late in the campaign, about three weeks to go or something like that. And I'm and there's this gigantic room full of the richest Republicans in the state plus me, um, and. Romney came out, and the first thing he said was, "Well, first of all, I want you to know, don't worry." We're not going to waste any of the money we raise here tonight on ads in California. And I understand what he's saying from a tactical point of view. And, and, and on some level, he might even be right from a tactical point of view. We're not going to win California, so better to spend the money elsewhere. And, of course, this is connected to Romney's uh, famous under, you know, hidden camera quote where he said, look, 47% of the country's lost to us. We're never going to, we, we can't get those people. We have to go for the 53%. And in both of those cases, I just was just so outraged by this, you know? It's like, what do you mean you can't win California? You can't win California doing what you're doing now. But what do you mean? And what do you mean 40, half of the country is lost? You're not going to make an effort. You're not going to make an effort. You're just going to write it off. You're going to just bet the farm on whether or not you can swing 6% of the population. Seriously? I remember thinking that. I heard him say that. And I said, I can understand tactically where they're coming from on this. But strategically, it's suicide. And, and when I was in that room, this is just before I did the virtual presidency thing, I remember thinking to myself, if I ever run for president, I want 
100% of the vote. I don't mean 100% of the electoral votes. I am aiming for 100% of the popular vote. I'm going after everybody. I want everybody's vote. I'm going to make a case to everybody why this would be better for them than what they've got now. And, and we just, it doesn't even dawn on us to do this, right, at all. These, the, these murder pits where 8,000 black men are, are killing each other every year, well, those are democratic, uh, you know, those are, that's what the Democrats did. Exactly. Exactly, yes. But doesn't, it doesn't eliminate the fact that those murders are happening under an American flag, right? And that is not foreign territory. And, and we, just, we just plain, how do you not sell a population that has been that badly abused and and you say now the chickens are coming home to roost because things are finally so bad for so long that that many black people are are, are at least thinking about leaving the Democratic Party to go to what? What are they going to go to from the Democratic Party? Do we have Republican? Do we have Republicans out there doing this kind of thing? No. I remember when Donald Trump went to that black church. I thought this is how you win. The, this is how you win not the election. This is how you win the battle. But this whole thing comes down to, again, I was trying to make the case with government and, and wildfires and all the rest of it. Ultimately, the ultimate failure of government that as it exists now is that the government has no desire to get the votes of everybody, has no desire to, to make the country happy. They only have a desire to do the, 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 the little thread, the little pathway to get reelected so they can keep their power and their prestige. They don't give a damn about what's going on in their districts. They don't give a damn about whether there's 10,000 homeless people you know, in, in, in a you know, four square mile area. It doesn't bother them. What they care about is getting voted into office again. And, and so you would think that that the people who are who who have an actual solution to this in Florida is the evidence of that. If you needed any more evidence, and so is New York City under Rudy Giuliani, you'd think you would be able to make this message to people and govern them in in the traditional sense of the word, meaning lock up the criminals, make the straight make the seat the streets safe for everybody, all of this stuff, and and we just it just seems to be something we just don't even consider anymore. It's just not even there. It's just it's like it's like there's a foreign country in this country, and not only is it not our problem, but we can't do anything about it, even if it was. Yeah, yeah, and and just like you said, man, it's like where where are they going to go to? You know, people have have uh, come to the the conclusion that you know um, uh, the the Republicans and the Democrats are the same thing, and in effect, yeah, they are becoming the same thing. The principles are totally different. You know, d Democrats by default, that's just who they are. They, they are mm -hmm. rebels against the Constitution. They are rebels against our God-given rights and the grandeur of those. That's just who they are. The Republican Party was founded to recognize these things about our Constitution and, 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 what a con and, 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 the, and the creator uh, that we're supposed to be beholden to who's, who's, who's given us any, these inalienable rights. So they recognize that. But unfortunately, we have deviants in the party. That's the problem who have lost what it is, you know, who've lost sight of what that is. And now people see that, you know, hey, we love the saying of, uh, you know, um, it's, it's both uh, these it's, it's all the uh, wings of the same bird. Right. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, Bill, man, it's, it's not it's not really that's the case. This bird has two left wings now. Right. <laughs> And this bird, you know, just like a dancer, it's flying about as well as a bird with two left wings, too. Right, right, yeah. and, and it's just in it's just in a downward spiral, right? We don't have really Republicans acting. We got Republicans acting like Democrats. We don't have Democrats acting like Republicans. It just it it works only one way: just That's Republicans right. sliding down to being how Democrats are.
You know, and and we got we have to be just like you said, man. We got to be able to. You mean tell me we can't sell freedom? Oppression sells is 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 more of an attractive sell than freedom as it is the way that's the way it's been for a long time. These people have seduced people with oppression, thinking that there's security in it or there's some sort of liberation in it. These people have pandered and patronized these people, and and the whole time they're doing it, they're just tightening the noose, man. The whole time, and uh, how is it that we're we got to be able to break that spell, Bill. <laughs> we got to be able to break that spell. Yeah. Well, we we decided to call the show the virtue signal as a kind of a play on words because of virtue signaling being unearned moral superiority. And the thing about it is, is that the Republican Party has actual moral superiority. It, it, the the party was was assembled. The party was created in order to fight evil. That's what it was there for. That's what it was built for. And and. Over the course of the intervening years, we've not only forgotten that message, we just completely, that's our brand, right? That's our brand. We are the anti-slavery brand. That's what we are. That's what we're supposed to be. And and how you can lose that is beyond me. Anytime you hear somebody who identifies as a Democrat trying to claim moral superiority over you, you need to know the history of both of these parties in this country. And you need to, and you need to give them a good, sound ideological spanking because- <laughs> There is not only not anything to be ashamed of about being a Republican, although God knows so many people who are act like that. The next time there's any kind of charges of racism or homophobia, or transphobia, it's it's time to be like just to snap at them like an angry dog. You know, it's like wait a minute. You know, I'm tired. I'm tired of being lied about. Let's look at the history of the country. Let's look at what the what the Democrats did during the Civil War. Let's look at Jim Crow. Let's look at the, the at, at all of it. We, we know the story. We don't sell it. We don't talk about it. And I've seen videos um, of, of young black people being exposed to this. I saw one where Thomas Sowell was explaining to some uh, young black woman the actual genuine history of slavery. And she was just blown away. I, I heard anecdotally of a, of a man who, who was at a party and, and said he didn't want to stay anymore because it was nothing but a bunch of white Republicans. And they, and, and they said, well, you know, Abraham Lincoln was a right Republican. And this guy said, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, Lincoln was a Democrat. Look it up, man. And the guy looked it up on his phone and he had to sit down because his entire worldview was shattered because somebody told him the truth. We better get on the telling people the truth business and, and we better get on it right quick. But in any event, I think that Donald Trump's appeal is that he's going to, is not what he's going to um, accomplish in terms of government. I think his primary appeal is smash the existing power structure. That's all we care about. You can indict him a hundred times. I don't care. I'll vote for him in prison. If he's the only viable candidate who can smash these, these structures so that the people can then do their job, then I'm, I'm with them all the way. That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal made possible by the members here at BillWhittle.com who allow us to speak our minds without any fear of censorship or so on. They can pull a YouTube video if they want to. They can pull the channel if they want to, but they can't stop us thinking what we think, and they can't stop us speaking what we actually believe because we have people like you who are paying $9.95 a month in order to give us genuine freedom of speech and to keep the, the channels open. So we're very grateful for that. For Alfonso, Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time on The Virtue Signal.